and keep the peace. Keep the peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Wag the Dog FM, your weekly public relations podcast. This is recorded from Casablanca in Morocco, Africa. And my name is Philip Bowmans, your host every single week. And I invite guests. And this week we have Heather Yaxley. Uh, Heather is, uh, describes herself as a rhizomatic public relations educator, consultant and academic. Heather is at the moment uh, working on a PhD. And we're going to talk about exactly that, her research in the context of careers in public relations. A lot of things to be said about how you manage your career or don't manage your career in public relations. Uh, so Heather did a lot of research on the topic she proposes as a work for uh, to get her a PhD. So maybe by the time you're listening uh, at this, I should have introduced her as Dr. Uh, Yaxley. Uh, but at the time of the interview, it was uh, not the case, but she was expecting some good news. So we'll be covering careers in PR, how to manage a career, the research, of course, that Heather did, uh, what she found out, really interesting things, and uh, of course, applicable to anyone who is working today or who is looking at working in public relations in the near future. So without further delay, here we go, an interview with Heather Yaxley. Keep the peace. Hello, Heather, and welcome to uh, Wag the Dog. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's great to speak with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I think what we're going to do is, is, is talk about the work that you've done in uh, the context of careers in public relations. So tell me a bit, how, how did you come up with that topic? Because there's so many things to say about public relations, our profession, but how did you come to focus on that specific uh, area? Uh, well, I was surprised to discover nobody else had ever done it before. So um my, my career has involved quite a lot of different things, and I've worked closely with hundreds of practitioners, um, and I was disappointed to see how many people end up making decisions just on, on gut instinct and, and no planning. So when I came to think about doing a PhD, this is in the back of my head as a topic I'd really like to do some academic as well as um, real world research on. And I, I love how you described it, that we, at least in public relations, the way we understand careers is stuck in a madman era. So can you, can you give us a bit more uh, information about that? Yeah, um, by madman era, I'm thinking of that sort of mid to late 20th century, this idea of hierarchical careers um, in, in that classic, uh, very often an, an American model of people climbing, literally climbing in, in the case of the old-fashioned uh, careers, literally climbing up the ranks of an organization until you reach an executive suite on the top floor, probably mm -hmm. with a office. And for the last, you know, 30 or odd years, that's not been most people's experiences of having a career in one organization where you could work through through a, a hierarchical um, approach. Um, and and the, the career literature says that there's lots of wonderful good ideas and research in career literature that for some reason hasn't reached the world of, of public relations. So even though most of us have... Um, organic and messy careers, there's still the language being used of, of career ladders and getting to the top and those kind of imagery, really. 
And, and where does that come from? Because I was lucky enough, I, I spent 10 years with, with IBM and uh, at a certain point I was asked, you know, if I wanted to do a, what they call a, a vertical or a horizontal career. I, I stuck with the horizontal career because I wanted to specialize in different things. But is that the organization that is ready for people who do not want to climb that ladder or, or is it rather us PR professionals who don't really how to plan for a career? Um, I don't think that most careers in public relations have been in those large organizations. So um, for many people, you know, you're working, especially if you're working in, in communications, you're working in relatively small teams um, and or you're working in small organizations. So I suppose from from that perspective, that hasn't been a reality. But so I, I would maintain that in our cultures, you know, the kind of way we think about careers is still in that idea. And, and as you say, IBM. And I did find people in my research who work in um, major organizations that that to an extent have the potential to have a hierarchical career. But very rarely is that in public relations because um, there's probably only one or two senior management jobs in even those organizations. Mm -hmm. And so that, that kind of the pyramid model, if you like, and the move out of public relations into other management functions, um, in my experience, wasn't something I was even offered in my career in big organizations. Obviously, consultancies are slightly different, but the majority, I would say probably only one in nine jobs are within those major consultancies anyway. And what have you seen from the point of diversity in your research? Is that still a, a, an, an issue that we need to tackle? Yeah, it wasn't a major focus um, of my, my research. I did look at some, some gender issues. And what I would say, if we turn that round, the great thing about public relations is that it offers opportunities for flexibility. And obviously, you have to be able to to um, to be able to be flexible to take um, advantage of flexibility. Um, but in the in the wider sense, women are perhaps choosing different types of careers, or as a result of constraints they face if they are in in certain types of organisations, they're looking for flexibility. There's very little research still on other. Um, other aspects of, of diversity. Um, but I actually found that men uh, and other vectors of identity create the same kind of issues for people. It's still how people can match their careers to, to the environment in which they wish to work or in which they're able to work. Mm -hmm. Now, you're, you also mentioned that uh, you're working on developing a, a professionalized career framework. Can, can, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, it's it's in early thinking. I'm I'm not talking about a traditional professional model of of a career like you might find with with a lawyer or a doctor. Um, what I'm really talking about is how we need to have better understanding of the the scope of PR careers and how we can develop those those careers, um, and so that we're making professional decisions. So it's it's looking at a framework within which we can see how 
how PR careers develop and the opportunities that people can take. And, and it, it relates to something you said in terms of the horizontal and the vertical, the ideas of being specialists, whether you want to take your career in, in organizations, whether you wish to um, have slow burn or fast track or all of those different options that are out there for people to develop mobile or, or more customized types of careers. Now, that, that will be needed because when we, at least when I talk to, to colleagues in the industry, uh, agency or in-house, most of us agree on the fact that we need to get new people in with new skills, with different skills. And then most of the time we're talking about big data, data analysts, um, people with a, a, a sociological background or psychology, things like that. Is, is that something that you're taking into account? Because we'll see normally, if we succeed to that, then we'll see a lot of people coming out of the non-traditional communications and PR schools or backgrounds. And that will, of course, impact people who are already in PR. Yeah, my, my area of interest is is less in the sort of graduate end of uh, working in PR and more in, in mid-careers, um, by which I mean pretty much anybody who's in their second and third job all the way through to, to when you, you may move out of, of PR or retire. Um, so absolutely, I would say that, that PR has always been an occupation that's attracted people from other other disciplines, um, and yet, you know, where do they fit in in this model of PR careers? Um, and I was absolutely, if we've got a, a good framework that helps people understand, okay, you might have come in from data, or you might have come in with a political background, or whichever background it is, this is how you can craft your own career, how you can customize a career within public relations now that you're in it, and where it can take you going forwards. Because um, there's an awful lot of transferable skills that people gain from being in public relations. And for me, the people that are already, if you like, the traditional communicators, um, for me, that's the real um, advantage that they've got. The people skills and all of the other transferable skills that perhaps people coming in from data or coming in from other tech functions, perhaps they don't, they don't naturally have. Have you uh, looked at, at uh, have you interviewed people who work in agency? Because, of course, you, you've got the, the corporate world, but then you have got the agency world, which is a world in itself a bit different. Have you looked at that? Do you see changes from that area? Yeah, I interviewed people um, mainly because I thought they'd got interesting and varied b between the, the cohort, varied uh, careers. And so, yes, there were people who had either were working or had worked at some point in, in major agencies. Um, and what I tended to find was that there were fewer and fewer people who had an exclusive career, either in-house or in agency. Mm -hmm. um, that idea of you have to choose um, doesn't seem to be, be the case. And people are moving in and out of in-house jobs, agency jobs, um, and independent practice as well. Um, so there's a lot of fluidity in, in people's careers. Um, and I think that reflects the, the changes within both in both corporate world um, and public sector and charity sectors, as well as, as in agencies. Um, there's probably more churn in agency than, than there is even in, in corporate world these days. Yeah, at least that's that's what I'm seeing of what I've seen and in, in the agency world. There is a, a certain churn and then you've got people 
coming from in-house or, or vice versa, from agency going in-house or from in-house to agency. Uh, one of the things, though, that I, I strongly believe in is that uh, old agency models where they mimic the client, which is the corporate setup, are going to have to change because of that flexibility that is now required. And that will impact, of course, the careers as well. I see more and more uh, networks of independent people getting together on a project and then disbanding again, which, again, is another way of working. So there is a lot of movement in that area, right? Absolutely. And, and a lot of those new kind of models, um, which I would call entrepreneurial models, um, are, are, are increasingly prevalent. Um, and the thing I think is really missing in... When we, when we look at PR careers or comms careers, there's a huge emphasis on the individual and how the individual builds their careers. Um, and we do see a little bit talking about mentors and so on, but the real dimension that's missing is, is that idea of collective, um, collective agency, really, of how we, we work in networks, how, how we come together and have people who um, are part of our careers. I mean, I suppose it's a model a little bit like the film industry, um, where you, you see different people with different talents come together for a project, and that they, they've then got that connection that may, you know, you see in, in the whole movie world, certain actors and directors working together long term, even though that's on a project base. So I think we'll see, see more of those um, different kind of models where the individual is is a professional, but with and and an expert quite often, but within a more flexible, collective and collaborative um, environment. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the the image of uh, movies where exactly you've got teams of specialists coming together for a project which can take a long time, and then once delivered, they go their own way or work together again in, in on a next movie, in, in our case, then maybe a next project or a next client or a next uh, strategy, what you have. No, definitely, that is and something that um, that I'm really interested in because it will be a, a big change for the next coming years. In You also speak about uh, what you call then the chirotic elements of time. Tell mm. us a bit more about that. Well, I think when we mainly look at careers um, and think of our own lives, we tend to think of chronological time, that things happen in a, in a particular order. Um, and what I found in my research, that there's this element of qualitative time. So when we actually reflect on our careers or we think about what we've enjoyed doing or we think about the difficult times, those those memories are particularly um, strong. Um, and I use the Greek term um, from Kairos, which is quality of time. And, and I, um, I abuse the language by, by coming up with this term kairotic as opposed to chronological. So it's, it's getting us to think of careers not just in, in the traditional time, but thinking about the quality of time, because that seems to be particularly, you know, if you're looking at your career strategies, to focus on either particular times that have been very good or particular times you've had problems and how you've dealt with those problems. I think that's a, an important element that's often missing when we think about careers. But then things do, from the outside, things do happen to our lives, meaning, I mean, getting married, having kids, uh, shifting priorities. So uh, how do you see that? Because, of course, we could think about our career as, as different steps, different moments in time, uh, but they are influenced, right, by, by huge external factors as well. And those are quality times as, as well. Um, absolutely. Um, 
it's it's a term I call knotted um, as well in that we have at particular times of our life, we have things that knot us, so um, tie us. And it might be that we get tied to a place or we get tied to a job or our family is more important at that time than our career or vice versa. And and I like to the imagery of these as as just being things that that root us, that tie us for a particular time um, and and help us think about our decisions within the context of those constraints as well. And that's not to see them as negative. It's to actually see them as as part of the whole who we are rather than this idea of being the madman, being the, the everything in life is about work because it's not. And that is something that I hear around me and maybe not only the the uh, what I would call the younger generation of PR professionals, also other people of my age, that th- there is this aspect of quality of time, meaning private, that we, yes, we are in a business where sometimes, and not always because we like to say that, but sometimes we are 24-7 available and we, we do work uh, a lot and in weekends, what have you, but that there is this need of, of balance. And, and that is a shift that I'm hearing a lot now. I don't know if it's reality. I apply it for myself, but I don't know if that is a reality today. Have, have you seen that, that, that shift in, and I think it's a, it's a shift in society maybe, but have you seen that impact in, in our PR profession? Well, I think it all ties to everything that, that we've discussed so far, because if we want to attract different types of people to come and work in, in PR, and we have to recognize the the constraints that people have, that old idea of you're, you're wedded to the job and that you have to be available 24-7 is not only um, unhealthy for lots of people, it's also not viable for, for the wide range of talent that we could attract into PR. You know, you, you can... You can um, there are times in your career when you're free to travel endlessly and everything else, but then life happens and and you may have elderly parents, you may have domestic issues, um, you may just want a different, you, you may want to focus more on being more specialist rather than, than managing dozens of people. And I think that that organizations have got to be more aware of, of how they can support this idea of customizing a career rather than this is the job, this is our culture, you fit or you don't fit. Mm. One of the things as well, I think, is that it's not really needed anymore to be as one single PR professional 24-7 available for a client or for, for, for your your employer, because if we apply the virtual team principle that we just discussed, you would always have a backup somewhere which can jump in and then, you know, take over the workload and then just continue. It would be transparent for an organization or a client, depending on where you work. But with virtual teams and backups and the technology today of being able to work from anywhere almost, you, the only thing that you'll have to keep in mind is is, uh, is time zones. But otherwise, I, I don't think that need and that pressure is realistic anymore. No, and I think we need smarter ways of thinking of it. Um, I used to um, be involved working with Ford Motor Company um, a while ago, and they set up a global communications network that was able to use a lot of time zones so that whether it was production of information or responding to general media and other inquiries, that could be done seamlessly by, as you said, these virtual teams of people. Um, And I would think that, okay, again, lots of people work in small organizations, but within small organizations, no one is necessarily expecting them to, an individual to be working 
365. So it, it's a way of organizations and people being able to challenge, really, I suppose, also, you know, we talk about a full-time job and a full-time job used to be nine to five, five days a week or whatever. And now that seems to be expected to be 24, seven, yeah, three, six. Yeah. That's not, that's not reasonable or possible. So I think the notion of what is a job and what is a full-time job will change. And whether it's down to the number of hours you work or the number of projects you work on, or, you know, for example, to come back to that, that um, idea of the films, you work on films, but then you're not working for a while. And it's that whole kind of way we think about work and way we think about careers perhaps is going through a shift that we haven't yet, yet really realized. You're giving the example of Ford, but have you seen that approach in, in one or the other format with other organizations? Most of my, my kind of contacts in, in, um, in public sector and so on, yeah, people are working in slightly different ways. And I think mobile technology has enabled people to get away from, from the desks. But what you're then seeing is that organizations and people are having to set, at the moment, people are often setting their own rules. But some organizations are setting rules about what they would consider reasonable out of our contact would be. And, and, and there's an awful lot of focus also on, on mental health and mental well-being. So I think it's being increasingly recognized, but I'm not sure that organizations have necessarily got all the formal processes in place to enable that. Now, let's talk a bit about the, um, because there's a huge role here for uh, recruiters and employers themselves. So how, how does that, because we've been talking about us as PR professionals and, and, and potential employees or people managing their own career, but what have you seen with recruiters and employers, that, that, that system and department which is responsible for recruiting the right talent at the right time with the right input? My experience and the experience of, of um, the people I, I've spoken with has been that um, HR, human resource um, functions, really don't understand public relations and the nature of, of the work within that. And I'm talking mainly of, of corporates here. And so there's a lack of recognition of even what expertise may be and how, how you find and recruit um, that. And that happens at graduate level. Still a lot of rejection of, of the benefits of employing PR degree graduates. I think that if you look at something like engineering, it's still easier for HR to um, to do tests and, and look at the qualifications. I think that's much harder within PR and comms posts to actually identify. And this is why some of the work being done with Global Alliance on capabilities might be more useful to actually start to understand what is it that we're looking for. So I think there's a lot of work to be done there. I also think a lot of recruiters aren't necessarily understanding how, how things are changing and they're still thinking in some of the um, agency versus in-house and journalist versus, um, you know, yeah, uh, me, skills, you yeah, know. Yeah, which is, I still remember my, my um, one of my teachers in high school when it was time to uh, decide what to study in higher education and uh, she actually said well, well why don't you do public relations studies because you would come out there speaking five languages which was the case in Belgium at the time you would have a, a very strong and good general culture and, and, and background 
you people would like that kind of profile because you could work in different functions, not only in PR. That was the kind of sales pitch that she gave me, and luckily I followed it. But so it seems that from an HR perspective, you know, there there is still a lot of work to do, and then I suppose work to do by the associations, the the, the public relations associations, our own profession to do our own PR again to, to those kind of people in HR. Yeah, and that's where I see the opportunity to talk about the, the richness and variety of opportunities within within PR. It's, a, it's got huge potential, and instead we perhaps get this the narrow focus of perhaps some people associate public relations with parties and publicity and all of that side, and, and the institutes are also promoting it as a serious management function, and it can be all of those. And I think that's a challenge then for people outside, and particularly school leavers, to understand exactly what this thing is when it's a little, um, it's a little amorphous. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a changing beast, and it can be all things to all people. So I suppose it's it's being able to show the richness of those careers, and as you say, the um, the transferable strengths that you get out of working in in this industry. Yeah. Now um, you focused uh, in your research uh, on people who have been in the job for a certain time. Uh, could be middle management. What 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 are the kind of things that you would like to say to people who listen to this, who are in that situation about your research, what you found out on the topic of a career in public relations? To, to kind of sidestep the question a little bit, what I found is how few people actually take the time to stop and think about their careers and what they've done so far, the decisions they've made so far, and what that means in terms of how they would like to make sense of their careers and take it forwards. It seemed as if many people were, were hugely opportunistic, and that can be great. Um, but sometimes rather than just deciding that you're fed up with a job or that you want to move, actually having a little bit of a plan or being at least aware of the things you do and don't want to do before you get to a crisis situation and um, you know, you have to get the first job you can find. And that's the reality for lots of people, obviously, with things like, you know, redundancy and, and the churn I spoke about earlier. But perhaps being a little bit more proactive and, and also reflective on your career would be the, the thing I would say to anybody. Don't don't just accept this thing as something that happens to you. It's something that, that you can and be, you know, again, I said earlier about the collective agency, look at the encounters you have with other people and how you can help other people's careers and how they can help yours. Great. Well, I think that that is input for, for, for people in that situation, because, yes, we tend to uh, let things happen. And as you said, I mean, uh, taking the opportunistic step or job can be good, definitely. But with a bit of a thought behind that, it can, uh, it can definitely change a, uh, a career life as such. Heather, apart from, from what we've discussed here, so for you, your next step, what is that now? I mean, can we call you soon doctor then or... Uh, yes, I've got a few minor corrections to, to make on my, my PhD thesis, and then I would hope within um, a couple of months at the, at the outset that, that I will be awarded that. And I'm really excited about being able to write some books and publish and, and just talk to people and get people thinking about their careers much more. Um, 
I, I've loved trying to fill this this gap in our knowledge base, um, particularly at this really exciting time, both when careers are changing, but also when, when public relations and communications are changing as well. Well, at least the, already from my end, thanks for that research, because it are important insights that we need in our profession if we want to move forward. So, And, uh, and thanks for being on the show. No, thank you for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Great insights here with uh, Heather Yaxley on careers in public relations. That was it for uh, this show. Don't forget, we have the show notes up after each show. So do check them out. There's much more information in there, a couple of links, uh, background information. So do check them out there. Uh, you can find them at www.wagthedog.fm. Also, iTunes, still important, still important. The show needs uh, reviews. It is uh, important for the rankings and it has an impact on the uh, podcast show and the fact that I can continue to do this. So if you like the show, please check out iTunes. Find Wag the Dog. It's uh, pretty easy. Just do a little search on the name of the show and uh, give us a review. Thank you very much already. Good. Well, you'll hear me next week. Um, you know, come that be too, as they say here. And in the meantime, do the right thing. Keep the peace.